Thanks again for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. This is your host, Jerome. Man, it's a whole lot of stuff going on within the world. I mean, I like to say happy Black History Month to everybody. You know, it's going down. Me, myself, personally, I celebrate Black History 365 days out of the year. If you all have been following this podcast, you know, we've been focusing on a lot of different things within the clubhouse space, you know, from everything from violence in the community to people getting indicted, you know, Lil Wayne getting pardoned by Donald Trump. But um, today, what I really wanted to focus on is the clubhouse app. I've been, you know, as you could see, if you've been following the podcast, um, there's been a whole lot of different things going on. You know, I've critiqued Jay Prince Jr., 21 Savage, Joe Button. I think I even mentioned DJ Academics and, you know, amongst a whole lot of other things. But what I'm beginning to see is, is Clubhouse really, just Clubhouse the app, is it really a good thing? I think that there has been steps for us to make our voices heard. And of course, African-American voices vibrate. I feel as though on social media, they vibrate the world. And that's a very, very powerful thing because we get a whole lot of reactions from different people. And out of that, you know, there is a large amount of positive messages that's being pushed out on a day-to-day basis. Um, It's different things that people are speaking about that are very, very valuable components to our society as a whole, not only speaking about the African-American community, um, as far as racism is concerned, as far as economics is concerned, as far as financial well-being, health, all of these things. I mean, Our voices are being heard. Now, I I just want to take you all back to the early 2000s when MySpace was really, really cracking. And, you know, we started to see a lot of different things come from MySpace, you know, as far as promiscuous women, as far as guns being put up. Um, people showcasing their talents and their music, just a whole lot of different things. But for the most part, I think that it was the first time in history that outside of the telephone, email, and maybe fax, the fax machine, that people were able to communicate just like that and to get a response back like within minutes. And on top of that, these responses were communicated to the masses. So we're going to take it a step further. After that, YouTube began its popularity. And, you know, different people exploded on the scene. I mean, it was phenomenal that people could actually communicate themselves um, within video, express themselves as far as their art, their beliefs, whatever have you. And there was a whole 
different, diverse outlook upon life because it was so many people from so many different backgrounds, whether it was uh, a socioeconomic background, what was from a, a poverty background, what was from a elitist background or a wealth and richie background or rich background. It was it was phenomenal. And I'm not exactly sure if um, we were ready for that. I remember in the early 2000s, the Catholic Church had stated that they were going to be making a a um, some sort of designation for the Internet because. They thought that it was just. Something that was uncontrollable and something and, and, and somewhere in their religious aspect that they seen or thought about this, there needed to be a spiritual being over the Internet. Me, myself, personally, I'm not Catholic. Um, and that's the reason why I can't actually articulate the actual statement. But, you know, you could go look it up. You know, I have the receipts as well. I'm saying this. To say. From YouTube, when we started to see a whole lot of different things coming from our community, um, a lot of times these things were displayed as aggression coming from, you know, African-American males um, showing guns, um, speaking about a whole lot of violence. It wasn't a good look. And then we started to see different things. Um, another social media platform world star come up to where it was like man you know i think at one point in time they showed somebody being burnt in haiti or something like that it was a really really um intense i would say even degrading moment you know just from a society standpoint that these things were actually published and actually videoed for the world to see and i'm not saying this to throw haiti up under the bus but this really happened amongst other type of different things. I mean, people was being bust down, you know, as far as females is concerned. Like it was a whole lot of vulgar ratchet shit. Right. And then before you know it, we had Facebook come along and it took some time for Facebook to catch. But when it did, it became a staple of the world. And again, we seen a whole lot of different um, good and great things come from up out of that. But what we're starting to see over and over and over again is that these social media platforms have a very very dark component that goes along with this because there isn't a vetting process when someone comes and creates an actual facebook page you know they're not checking to see if this person is you know like what their mindset is and i don't think that they have the right to do that but i'm just saying so I mean, shit, we've seen people being killed on Facebook Live. You know, King King Von's body was posted um, when that big fight happened in Chicago. Um, I would say probably about 10 years ago. And that girl was on the ground shaking, you know, from being stomped. These things were published. Right. And, and and I don't think that there is a time because it's so much information being coming out that these things are being monitored and buffered because, you know, different information is being Facebook is a worldwide platform, you know. 
So we're starting to see all of these obscene and very, very dark images and people. And it's real, by the way. And people are commenting by the thousands. You know, some people are joking about, you know, people being killed um, or when different stories are posted and exaggerated. You know, a lot of people are, you know, stomping on the victims, you know, not physically, but um, from a mental standpoint, by the things that they're commenting. And as a result of that, there are some people that has made it their business just to come on Facebook and start different problems from just a disrespect standpoint, just so their name can be lifted amongst a community of people to be known. It is out of control. And then we got Instagram. You know, Instagram shows some of the same dark things. Now, am I saying that social media is bad? Nope. Am I saying that YouTube is bad? Nope. Am I saying that all platforms are bad? Nope. Because you know what? I think the biggest cultural currency that has been created is not Bitcoin. It is not cryptocurrency. It is not um, any of those ideals or terms. I think the biggest cultural currency that's been created is social media. And, and, And for anybody that's out there that's wondering why did I use the word currency is because there has been a lot of social media millionaires that has been they've created a brand and they all of a sudden the world has you know the world has been exposed to what their talents are and before you know it I mean it is their name is everywhere all positive there's been a whole lot of different things about um, let's just say for instance me I'm against abortion I am. And a lot of people really don't understand how the abortion rate is constantly affecting the African-American community from actually expanding and growing on a day to day, minute by minute, second by second, or even a yearly standpoint that, you know, social media has given me the platform to to have dialogue with different people in this, that and the third, which is a good thing. But at the same time, we have never seen nothing like Clubhouse. And the reason why is, say, for instance, on a Zoom call, you're able to invite the people into a Zoom call. Mostly these people are people that you know, right? Or if you go Facebook Live, the people that's commenting are probably your friends. You know, it's not exposing it to everyone on social media. But this clubhouse thing is a little, little different. And it seems as though that it's just a lot of people listening. There's a uh, they've even, you know, they have these things called rooms and we've made up different rules. Respect the room. Don't disrespect the room. And I'm like, damn. These people are showing more respect to a damn clubhouse room than they do their own family. I mean, it is 
I think it's mentally, without us even knowing it, traumatizing us. And the reason why is because the more and more that I listen in and I'm and I don't have the app all together, but I'm only showing from what my experiences are and the things that I've seen. Is that. Clubhouse. Is taking us in a. Or taking us down a road of. Disrespect. Degrading and degradeful conversations is causing a whole lot of resentment. It's causing people to get into their feelings about different things that really, really and truly is not really affecting them on a day to day basis. Lil Boosie made a, a song. And I think this was one of the most really songs that he has ever made. And he just said, people just want to be heard. They want to communicate what their feelings are. And I don't want to get too religious with y'all. And maybe I need to work on this myself. I think this these things are showing just how much or the latter of our relationship with God. And the reason why I'm saying this is because we're supposed to go to God with our frustrations. We're supposed to go to God with our problems, right? Whichever God that you serve, I'm not sure, but we're supposed to have a closer relationship with God and we're supposed to use prayer not only as a form of mechanism to communicate with God and 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 show um and, and and talk about how much we appreciate and talk about the things that are seen but not only unseen for us moving forward right personally and it's almost as though that instead of us praying about it we want to be heard out by other people and that is very, very dangerous. It's just, and that's just my opinion. I haven't, and maybe because I'm not on the app, maybe I need to get on the app to take a closer look. But everything that I'm seeing on Clubhouse is always about people being checked. About, man, did you see when such and such talked to such and such like that? And I'm like, dang, I haven't heard Anything really and truly come out positive. I did hear Swiss Beats deliver a nice message to a room about how we how we need to respect ourselves. But he was doing that to show everybody that one thing that this clubhouse app and social media has made apparent is that we don't respect each other and it's being put on blast on a day-to-day scenario. And me, myself personally, I'm more of an introvert when it comes down to people caring about me. You know, my mom instilled in me a long time ago and said, you know what, son, don't ever do anything that you're ashamed of. 
Because people will use that against you. If you have to do anything that you're ashamed of, it's probably best that you don't do it. You see what I'm saying? So it's like there is a, this app has gotten people to start to being so judgmental toward others. To spew out such hate and hurtful things toward others. I'm wondering if the Clubhouse application is doing more bad than good from a community standpoint with African-Americans. And here's the reason why. This is the difference. Nine times out of ten, from what I'm seeing, if someone is in Clubhouse, if there is a Clubhouse room that's open, 99.9% of the people in there are of the same race. And the situations that I'm speaking about, I'm speaking about African-Americans. It's sad, y'all. But hopefully we'll start to be able to use these tools to not only show more respect, but a lot more love toward each other. And right before I actually end this, you know, y'all please share the podcast. Y'all please share this amongst y'all friends and family, you know, um, because things are out here getting real. But we need to understand exactly why are these things put, why are we taking to these things so much, you know? African-Americans don't even, instead of watching the news, we depend on social media to be our news outlet. About a good 65% of African-Americans use social media for news. Um, The grapevine was real back in the day. I think social media today and specifically applications like Clubhouse, Instagram, and Facebook is just a new black grapevine. Master P came out and stated that he was not, it's not cool that we take an application like that in its infancy stage and make it a 100 million dollar application within less than four months. So I think that we need to start to create our own platforms because these days platform is like a, you know, I guess like an end thing to say on YouTube, everybody saying, you know what, this is my platform. This is my platform. But at the end of the day, it's not your platform. Is YouTube's platform. You know, Instagram is not your platform. It's Instagram's platform that just so happened to be owned by Facebook. Your Facebook page is not your platform. It's not yours. You don't own it. They could shut you down at any minute. Your Twitter handle is not yours. And I think that these things they're using, it's a marketer's dream. They don't have to do any type of 
deep study research to understand what we want, who we are, what our thinking patterns are, because we let them know. Every single day, it is re-engaged or reiterated every single day. And it is grim. It's troubling because this is, to me, one of the biggest social experiences that we have seen in our time. So, so when there's different things such as artificial technology or artificial intelligence, please believe everything that we're speaking and how something is supposed to react when it's real, but it's not real. They are getting calibrations from what we're talking about. That's just my um, introspect going just a little bit deeper. And also. I'm looking. I'm challenging anyone out there. Well, black Twitter is good. But. The Boyce Watkins platform is good, but he doesn't have an app. He doesn't have a self-made app. I think ASAP Ferg has an app. Boyce Watkins does, or Dr. Boyce Watkins doesn't. I think we need to start from a ground level and start to create web pages again. To have your own personal web page and put up content on your web page and see how, see if the world would gravitate to that. And the reason why is because that's something that's yours. And you could start to create an app and different things and you can start to disseminate information. And me, myself, personally, it'll be a lot more intimate. To communicate with your own group of people, that's just me. But the shit that I'm seeing on Clubhouse, it is. I haven't seen anything positive come come from that. On a day-to-day basis. But hey, that's just my opinion, man. I'd like to thank y'all again for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. I am your host, Jerome. You know what I'm saying? Represent Bastrop, Louisiana, Bastrop, Louisiana, by way of Chicago, by way of Elgin, by way of Rockford, Illinois. Man, y'all leave y'all comments. Again, y'all share this with y'all friends. If y'all want to get in contact with me, I'm on Instagram at uh Virtual Hustle 77. I'm on Facebook at Jerome Thornton, Thornton Media. I'm on Twitter at the Chicken and Kool-Aid Podcast. You hear me? So y'all share this content, man. Hey, please, 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 if you're not celebrating Black History 365, this is our month. Um, This is our time to shine. Let's do that in a very, very peaceful and respectful way. I'm going to holler at y'all.